Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today.
Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and bought burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. And then came Sunday morning, and they went to the tomb of Jesus, and while they walked, they were asking one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But when they arrived at the tomb, they looked up and saw that this massive stone had already been rolled away. They entered the tomb and saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting. The women were shocked and the angel said, do not be afraid. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth. He was crucified, but he is not here. He is risen from the dead. Now go and tell his disciples, tell them that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. So the three women fled from the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Friends, do not be afraid. Jesus of Nazareth was crucified, but he is not here. He is risen from the dead. Alleluia. Let us rise and sing. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Sons of men. 
Friends, we all make choices. And the choices made to put Christ, our Christ, on the cross are choices that we sometimes continue to make. Choosing to act out of fear, choosing to act out of hatred. Let us confess our sins together, saying the prayer of admission found in your program. Let us pray. God, we chose the violence of the cross over the love of Christ. Forgive us. Free us from a cycle of hate. Awaken us to your everlasting light and love. Easter Sunday is a day we celebrate, we rejoice in resurrection. And forgiveness is its own form of resurrection. Christ's victory over death invites us to to live again, to try again. Friends, we are loved, called to love. The good news is we are forgiven, called to forgive one another. Let us live at peace with God and with one another. Alleluia. Amen. These last seven weeks, we've been talking about forgiveness. And so in addition to the resurrection story that Lucas told, we're going to read what is likely the most popular verse in our entire Bible, John 3.16. Now most of us forget that Jesus said these words, not the Apostle Paul, not some other disciple, Jesus. And he says these words to Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a smart man who asks good questions, and when he sees Jesus healing, he has to know more about him. So Nicodemus travels to see Jesus in the cover of night, and he asks Jesus the meaning of this new life he promises. In response, Jesus says this, John 3, 16 and 17. 
For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, no, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Here in the gospel reading, the word of God for the people of God. When have you been stuck? A friend told me this story of when he was hiking in the trails of Colorado. He went on an annual backpacking trip with his buddies. And he said, you know, most of the guys are physically fit. But every once in a while, you know, we'd, we'd have a year where it was hard to get to the gym. That kind of took pl- turns. So there was this mix of friends, different physical fitness levels, and they came to this really rough part of the trail. It seemed like some boulders had fallen on the trail, and the only way to stay on the trail was to kind of shimmy through the rocks to emerge on the other side. Well, the leader of the group goes first. He steps forward. He takes off his heavy pack, and he kind of looks at the shape of the rocks and taking a deep breath, puts the backpack back on, tightens the hip band, and grabs his walking steps. And then he uses those to kind of leverage against the rock to make it to the other side. And when he does make it to the other side, he doesn't have to say a thing. Everybody knows that this is going to be the hardest part of the trek. So the next guy goes through, and it takes him a little bit longer. But finally, relief, he gets to the other side. Then the next guy He goes in, it's been a few minutes, he doesn't come out. Panicked, they hear his voice, help, I'm stuck. Then panic starts to spread to everybody else in the group as they realize the gravity of this predicament. They're in the middle of nowhere and no one can get to him, not from the top, not from the bottom. There's nothing they can do. Finally, the leader from the, from the top just calls down, just keep moving. I could imagine some better advice. I mean, I don't, I don't like that at all. That's like dumping a whole bunch of salt into an already open wound. It stings. And it's quiet for a while. And then everybody starts to hear this shuffling. There's no strategy, just this guy is moving. One part, any part, to try to get some traction to start moving up the rocks. And there are some grunts, and there are some words that are not appropriate for church. And finally, he makes it to the top. When have you been stuck like that? Stuck where no one can get to you. Stuck where no one can help you, stuck, where you got to just keep moving. 
There's a mom in this church who can relate. Her kid is in college. He's a student. And he is uh, not making it to class. I hear some giggles. He's not making it to class, and his grades are dropping by the day. And this mom, she knows why. Her son has witnessed a real tragedy in the family, and his grief is delayed. It's hitting him now. But this mom, she can't just sit still and watch her kid drop out of school. So she picks up the phone and she calls him and she said, what's going on? Why are you not going to class? And he says, I'm too sad. And this mom, with nothing else to do, she says, go to class sad. Go to class sad. She said, it's okay to be sad. It's okay for the whole world to see that you're sad, but nothing is going to change if you stay in that bed sad. Get up, go to class sad. You know, I think of the women who rose early on that Easter morning. What if they had stayed in the bed sad? I mean, think about it. They just watched their friend, their brother, their leader suffer and die on a cross. A few days before, they watched it with their own eyes. They could have stayed in bed, sad. I mean, the apostles stay in bed, sad. And I'm not one to judge. I probably would have been in bed, sad. In fact, we often choose to stay in bed because it's the more comfortable choice, you know, wrapped in the blanket of what we know. Even if what we know is death and numbness, we choose that because it seems better than getting up and walking about in the world sad. It's natural for us to isolate ourselves from everything and everyone, especially when it seems like no one else could possibly understand. And yet, aren't we glad that those women got out of bed sad? Aren't we glad that they walked to the tomb sad because what they saw changed them and us forever? They saw an empty tomb. They saw Christ resurrected from the dead. They saw that new life is possible, that not even death can keep us stuck between rocks of a tomb. That's the Easter story. I told you these words from John 3.16, they come from Jesus' mouth to Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was also stuck. He was stuck in his good reputation, in his faithfulness to the Jewish law. Nicodemus was a Jewish teacher and people expect certain things of teachers. What would people think if they knew he was even curious about this man named Jesus? Y'all, they would laugh at him. And they would call him blasphemous, and he'd probably be out of a job. So stuck Nicodemus, he travels in the cover of night to Jesus. And when he meets with Jesus, he gets a chance to ask all of his questions and to listen to Jesus tell him about this new life. And he becomes unstuck. 
Nicodemus decides right then, I want to follow Jesus. And not just on the sly from a distance. I want to be baptized right here, right now. Jesus opens up a wider view of God for Nicodemus. Not a narrow God that fits in our margins of belief in between two rocks. No, a wider God, a God that comes to earth to be near us and to teach us and to forgive us. As, Jesus, as Nicodemus makes this discovery, a wider world opens to him. This Jesus is a savior, not just to the Jews, not just to the Gentiles, but to everyone who believes. I wonder where Nicodemus was when he got the news that Jesus' body was no longer in the tomb. You might remember that Nicodemus had helped bury Jesus' body Just a few days before, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they paid a large sum for Jesus' body so they could make sure that it had the proper anointing and burial. He saw the tomb secure. How then did he take the news that Jesus' body was missing? I wonder if he got up like the women and later the apostles, if he walked to the tomb, sad, sure, but also in wonder, eager to see the truth that he already knows, the truth that new life is possible, the truth that death does not have the final word, the truth that any place where we feel stuck, Jesus is working to set us free. You and I, we've been studying forgiveness in Scripture the past few weeks, and there may have been a person or two that that surfaced for you, someone that either you need to ask for forgiveness from or someone you need to forgive. How many of us still feel stuck? I do. I still feel stuck in the shame knowing that I need forgiveness. I still feel stuck with the decision of whether or not it's wise for me to forgive. I still feel stuck, unsure how we can move forward from here. I know how hard some of us have been working on forgiveness. And you may have found the words to say, I forgive you or forgive me. Or you may not be ready. And that's okay. This Easter message is for you, our God. Our God is a God that opens tombs. Our God is a God that loves us so much that he sent his only son to free us from our tombs. Jesus frees us wherever we are stuck. Jesus is the ultimate example of forgiveness And forgiveness, it's part of that new life that Jesus is describing. Just last week, somebody came forward to me and they pulled up their phone and they showed me a text message, the little blue blurb, where they had written the words, I forgive you. They showed it to me. And I know how hard that movement was for them. How much courage it took to type out those words and then not edit them back. 
I know the temptation to stay stuck, to leverage the rocks in around you, to protect you from harm, to stay warm in the bed, sad, but she didn't. Like the man caught between those rocks, like the student who goes to class, sad, like the women who go to the tomb, sad, she moves. And she types those words, I forgive you. When I asked her how the rest of the conversation went, you know, the text messages that followed, her spirit dropped. She said, yeah, it didn't go too great from there. Isn't that the truth with forgiveness? It's messy. Forgiveness, it doesn't always mean that the relationship will heal. Forgiveness doesn't mean that things go back to the way they were before. It won't. It can't. But forgiveness means that you are no longer stuck. It means you are moving, bolstered by the forgiveness Christ gives you. You are moving into this new life. And like Nicodemus, you are opening up your view of God to see a God that moves stones, a God that frees us, a God who loves us so much that he came to be near us and to love us and to take on our suffering and free us. I'm so proud of this person for moving, for not staying stuck because now she expects something different. She looks with new eyes on this relationship. Y'all don't sleep on the Easter message. Easter's not just about this gift of entry to an afterlife party with Jesus, which I'm excited about, by the way. It's more. Jesus opens the way for us to experience new life right here, right now. Even in the relationships that feel impossible. And even in the places where you are so alone, and even in those places where you are stuck right now, God is working to free you. Jesus is not stuck between rocks. He has risen. And with him, so do we rise too. Alleluia. Amen. Choose. I was a girl in the window, wrapped up in blues. You 
said, start running towards me. I said, I'm scared, but I'll trust in you. The stars alone are your works of art, undiscovered colors that show us who you are. As I stood there in awe of everything you've made, I heard you whisper to me and say, look how
seeking only your own praise any lost and broken place any thoughts inside your head any hunger you have fed bring them forth into the light any wrong will be made right pray with me. Loving Holy God, on this Easter day we come to you with hearts full of hope and joy, giving thanks for the gift of your son Jesus Christ who sacrificed himself to save us from our sins. We ask that you bless all people with your love and grace so that we may find hope, peace, and love in our lives. We pray that the love and grace we receive from you stirs the love and grace that resides in each and every one of us, a stirring that moves us to live a life of kindness, generosity, and compassion toward one another, a stirring that moves us to keep moving when we feel stuck, to keep moving when we are seeking a new life, a stirring that keeps us moving when we're sad, despondent, or down that allows us to keep showing up, even those who are grieving when we can't name it, 
we pray that you stir us to keep moving. When we're in need of a wider view of you, keep moving. May we be filled with the spirit of resurrection and new beginnings. And may we find comfort in the knowledge you are always with us. On this holy day, let us renew our commitment to living with empathy and forgiveness and understanding towards others. May the spirit of Easter continue to inspire us throughout the year. And may we always remember the sacrifice of our Savior, the risen Christ, and the words of the prayer he taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us please stand. Family, on this Easter Sunday, this holy day, our affirmation of faith can be found in your program. What do we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen.
where you are stuck, remember that God loves this world so much, God loves you so much that he sent his son to the very place you are stuck. Jesus is working to make you free. And as we go from this time of worship, may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the interruption of that Holy Spirit, may it be with you and with all those you love and with all those nobody loves. Go in God's peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.